Welcome to Small Business Minutes. We will learn to survive, adapt, and thrive. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Small Business Minutes. We're doing part of the Small Business Survival Strategy series um, because we feel it's appropriate especially now under the circumstances we are we find ourselves in. So with me today is Renee D'Amico. She is the HR manager at Molinari Oswald. She also has some other responsibilities at the firm as well. Uh, she is an HR professional. Uh, she has worked in the HR field with large companies. Um, uh, her last uh, employment was at J&J. And so she brings a lot of experience and insight into this topic. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking about uh, the very first legislation that came out as a result of the pandemic. And it contains some very important provisions that small businesses need to know about because they do apply to them. And so Renee is going to go into the details of what those provisions are and how to comply with them. And certainly we'll be providing some resources in the episode notes as well, or you can reach out to Renee directly. Uh, we'll provide her email address uh, if you had questions. So without further ado, welcome, Renee. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So um, I thought about naming this episode Acronyms of the Pandemic <laughs> because there's been so many of them, you know, um, EIDL, PPP, and today the FFCRA. So what is that? Yes, another acronym. So FFCRA stands for the Family First Coronavirus Response Act. This is a nationwide law. It is enforced by the U.S. Department of Labor and their Wage and Hour Division. The intent of this act is to require certain employers to provide emergency sick time and family leave pay to employees who cannot work or telework due to a documented need related to COVID-19. Uh, these provisions will apply back from April 1st, 2020 through the end of the year, December 31st, 2020. Okay, awesome. So, you know, which businesses uh, must cover their employees under the FFCRA? Okay, um, in the private sector, and we're not talking about the government sector, we're talking about the private sector, Employers with less than 500 employees must provide the appropriate pay and leave as specified under the FFCRA. And we'll talk about those details about the leave and pay in just a minute. Um, but if your business is close to that 500 employee mark, it is important to count your employees correctly, um, specific to this act. For example, full-time and part-time employees are counted as well as employees that are working and currently on leave. But the employer does not count employees working outside of the United States. So it can get a little tricky, um, and more details can be found on the Department of Labor website pages that we'll include in the episode notes. A uh, question on that, is there any business that's too small that this act applies to? No, um, this will cover everybody that has employees two and up, uh, two employees and up. Um, Self-employed businesses do fall under a separate category, um, but two and up that this would cover. Now, I will cover a little bit later that there are some exceptions or exemptions 
that may apply to businesses under 50 employees and also under 25 employees. So we will talk about that in a different context in just a minute. Okay, awesome. Because I think most of the people that will be listening to this will fall under those categories, I think. And that's that's our target to really advise people. um, And that that's the majority of our clients at the firm. And so I think, you know, this information should be quite useful. So who's covered under this act? Okay. So this is one piece that I will list out. I will bullet them out for you, but this is going to be something great for any of your listeners to go back to the resource notes, um, especially the FFCRA poster from the Department of Labor. It listed out very clearly Um, But basically, under the FFCRA, an employee will qualify for coverage if they are unable to work or telework due to one of the following six reasons. One, they are subject to a federal, state, or local quarantine or isolation order related to COVID-19. Two, they have been advised by a healthcare provider to self-quarantine related to COVID-19. Three, They are experiencing COVID symptoms, and they are currently seeking a medical diagnosis. We do not want employees waiting until they get the absolute diagnosis. They should go as soon as they have symptoms. Four, caring for an individual subject to an order described in one or self-quarantine as described in number two. Number five, and this may be the most common that you'll see with your clients. Number five is caring for his or her child whose school or place of care is closed or their child care provider is unavailable due to COVID-related reasons. And then six, they are experiencing any other substantially similar condition specified by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So we'll talk in a minute about what that means for each category. But those are the six categories of employees that qualify. One thing to note, this is only if your business is still open. If your business is still closed due to uh, wherever you may be, if you're still under state mandate, um, this does not qualify. Those folks would then need to go through unemployment. This is for businesses that stayed open. Got it. Okay, good distinction. How much time and pay will employees receive under this provision? Okay, so this also gets a little tricky because each one of those six categories is slightly different. So I'll hit upon the main points, uh, but again, I would very much encourage listeners to take a look at the notes because, again, those those resources are going to break this down a lot easier. Sometimes it helps to see it in writing. But the amount of time and leave that employees receive is going to depend on which qualifications out of those six that they fall into. So let's talk about leave time first. Not talking about pay yet, talking about how much time. All employees, full-time and part-time, regardless of how long they've been employed, are eligible for two weeks, up to 80 hours, or the part-time average hours of two weeks of leave. This goes for all six qualifications above. Employees that fall under the fifth qualification their child's school is not available or open, their child care is not available, they qualify for an additional 10 weeks of leave 
beyond that first two weeks, so a total of 12 weeks, an employee must be employed for at least 30 days for that additional time, however. Now, now we've talked about, we've talked about the leave. Now we're going to talk about the pay. For an employee that falls into the categories one, two, or three listed below, or I'm sorry, listed previously, um, where a COVID issue is impacting them, their health, their ability to leave their home, they will receive 100% pay for those two weeks of covered leave. For employees that fall into categories four, five, or six, they're taking care of someone else due to COVID, they will receive two-thirds pay for their covered leave time. Now remember, for category five, they will also qualify for an additional 10 weeks, so a total of 12 weeks, so the two-thirds pay is covered throughout that duration. Last but not least, there are caps on the total amount of pay. Those specific amounts can be found in the resources that you'll find in those, those episode notes. And uh, of course, again, this is a lot of details, so you'll want to refer back to those uh, resources uh, as you sort out who this applies to in your in your business. Is the FFCRA part of the CARES Act or how does that work? Where, you know, what, where does right. this end? That's tricky, right? Because again, there's so many acronyms and mm-hmm. it's hard to tell what is what here. But um, no, the FFCRA is actually separate from the CARES Act. And the CARES Act stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief and Economic Security Act. Uh, many businesses a lot of your listeners have probably heard of the Paycheck Protection Program or the PPP. That falls under the CARES Act. This and all of the CARES stimulus efforts are separate from the FFCRA. So I'm an employer and I figure out that this applies to me and maybe I maybe my business is suffering, but I'm still subject to the provisions of paying uh, two weeks to one of my employees. How does that work? Like who who pays for this? Right. That's a great question. So what happens is employers do pay for the employee's covered time. Um, However, you're not on your own uh, because every dollar of that required paid leave plus the cost of the employer's health insurance premiums during leave will be 100% covered by a dollar for dollar refundable tax credit available to the employer. So it is a hit out of the gates, but that will come back with some help later down the road. And I think that that forces the question that I think it would be very important uh, as an employer to maintain separate records for that time. So it's very clear what you've paid under the FFCRA if, in fact, it ever gets questioned as, uh, you know, you apply for that credit. And I believe the credit comes back to you in the form of reduced payroll tax deposits. So I think it almost is, it's almost immediate. So just something to keep in mind, it wasn't mandated without some relief. The goal here, I think, was to just not have employees who are sick coming to work because they need the money. This is a way to kind of bridge that gap for them. And also, Fran, going back to the previous question about the FFCRA and the CARES Act, it is important to note that employers may receive both FFCRA tax credits attributable to the mandatory leave pay and a small business interruption loan under the PPP. Um, Now, those are two separate things. Um, 
And I believe you were you had some information about that as well from an accounting perspective. Um, but it is not you have to choose one over the other. Right. The distinction is, is that the money paid to an employee under the FFCRA does not count as payroll for the PPP forgiveness loan. That's the distinction. But still, you can still do both. So just keep that in mind. So uh, you mentioned before about exemptions and exceptions to the rule. So what if uh, for whatever reason, an employer has to falls under these rules and yet they're suffering, you know, financial hardship or something like that? Is there how does that work? Is there anything that that would exempt them? Mm -hmm. Yes, actually, if you are a business with less than 50 employees, the two weeks of sick leave or extended sick leave, as it's called, those do need to be given, um, especially to your point, Fran, we do not want people coming into the office that are sick or potentially sick. Um, so those two weeks are important. That being said, the number five reason that we talked about before, going on an extended leave to take care of a child uh, that is out of school, their child care is closed, et cetera, if that employee's extended leave to care for their child could jeopardize the business's viability, that company may qualify for an exemption. Again, it's got to be less than 50 employees. However, that business may be required to justify that exemption. The exemption would apply if the employer can determine certain factors, such as the employee's absence would entail a substantial risk to the financial or operational capabilities of the business. Also, uh, and I'm not sure how many of your clients this would apply to, but also employers may exclude employees who are either healthcare providers or emergency responders, just based on the need of their services, especially right now. Got it. Okay, so that's an important distinction, although I guess that's more of a staffing issue than it is a financial issue since the extended leave still provides the credit for the amounts that are paid. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's more of a, a human resource staff count issue than it is anything else. So what about like, uh, this is probably a little bit more on the legal side, but are employers required to reinstate employees uh, once they've served their leave? Okay. So all employers uh, must reinstate employees after those two first weeks of leave that we talk just talked about before for all qualifying reasons. However, businesses with less than 25 employees do not need to reinstate an employee that has taken the extended leave due to the school or care closings if, and only if, there is a reasonable justification that their employment is no longer necessary to the business. So that is a legal tricky thing because they've been out under a covered act, nationwide covered act in law, um, but if you find during that time your business has changed so much that they are no longer needed, um, that is something, but only if you're under 25 employees. And I think uh, a prior episode addresses this. Um, I interviewed a labor attorney and she addressed some of these questions. So you may want to go listen to that episode uh, because you definitely want to consult with an attorney before you make some of these decisions it's just wise. Agreed. So what if an employer does not provide the pay uh, for employees covered under the FCRA? Are there, you know, some, is there some teeth in there that they should be concerned about? 
Sure. Um, now, if you are actively trying to fly under the radar with this and not providing this for your employees that qualify, the U.S. Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division has the authority to investigate and enforce compliance with this FFCRA. Um, so employees in violation of these provisions of the FFCRA, they will be subject to penalties and enforcement by the Wage and Hour Division. So there is definitely uh, some potential consequences here uh, best to comply. Okay. So again, with everything going on, it seems to me that it would just be smart business, not only to uh, know what this is, but to comply with it, um, as well as I think it would mean a lot to your staff, your employees, if you were proactive about this, educated them as well. And because let's face it, if you're a small business and an employee is not aware of this and they're sick or they have symptoms, but they're like, I need to be, I need to work. And then everyone else gets sick or you have to quarantine everybody. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a slippery slope. So it's probably smart business to just educate your employees and let them know what the rules are and, and follow them for the benefit of everyone in this case. Absolutely. So, and the only other thing I would add, Fran, is that some businesses might be thinking, well, this is going to, this is on the downward slope. We really won't have to worry about this. This was more back in April and May. Well, here's the thing. Um, we're in the summertime now where a lot of kids camps have been canceled. A lot of other things that would go to that qualification number five might be popping up. And also, sadly, we may still see some of these illnesses coming through. We're not really where we should be totally globally. Um, so this is something that is enforced through December 31st, and we need to keep this on the forefront in case any of our employees may need this. So in the uh, and in closing, I know you've provided me some resources to share in the episode notes, but is there anything you want to do to you know pull this all together, maybe some closing remarks? Sure. Sure. Well, in terms of the resources, there's so many resources. If you Google FFCRA, you're going to get a bajillion things that pop up. But I recommend the sites from the Department of Labor and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Those will both be listed in the notes. Um, the reason I like those is that they're obviously straight from the horse's mouth and they provide excellent, very easy to understand information about the FFCRA um, and how to implement that as a business and as a small business. Um, also in those notes that you'll see, there are some uh, links to frequently asked questions. And those I have particularly found helpful. When a question comes up, I can almost guarantee that it's on one of those FAQ pages. So my favorites are from the Department of Labor and also the IRS sites. And you will see those links there. Um, and just in closing, I think that, you know, this is a great thing that, you know, the country is trying to do to help employees. It is confusing, though, because Right in the beginning, you said there's so many acronyms. There's so many different acts coming through um, to help citizens. And so I think what we need to do is just uh, make sure we're on the forefront, understanding what these are. If you have any questions, I'm here to help. Okay. Thank you, Renee. One follow-up question I had, and, and maybe it's not addressed, but let's say that you currently had an employee who fell under this and you complied. Um, and you know, you raising the issue is, let's say, three months from now, a similar circumstance pops up. Um, is this something that that an employee could qualify for more than once? Like, 
two weeks now. And then in November, something causes them to have to not come into work. Does that happen again? That is tricky. As of right now, no, they would not qualify from uh, they would not qualify again for the extended leave time for the child care option. Now, if they get sick another time or we go into another lockdown, uh, I believe those two weeks of extended sick time would apply. But it's the extended leave time that is up in the air right now. And I believe as of right now, no. Now, if we have a second wave and schools are closed again in the fall, that may be something that is updated just based on need. Um, but as of right now, those those additional 10 weeks are given once. Obviously, you have to stay tuned because even though we're recording this uh, in June, uh, the end of June, things are changing rapidly, um, especially, you know, we've done one PPP update episode and that's already changed since uh, we've done that. So, there's plenty of resources to stay informed. And uh, thank you so much, Renee. This has been very informative. And I think that um, the best way that business owners can survive is and to adapt is to educate yourself on what uh, the issues are. So thank you very much. Thank you. Remember, we all start small. This podcast is sponsored by the accounting firm of Molinari Oswald, located in Center Valley, PA serving small businesses globally. If you love this podcast, please subscribe and tell a friend. Thank you.